0: Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. the Durant and Josh Tolly. No Tolly today, uh, unfortunately. I don't know what happened, Rick. Uh, if the Wi-Fi got chopped down with one of his trees or whatever it is. Uh, but Josh Tolly unable to make it. But no, in, in all seriousness, uh, Tolly told us this morning he was unable to make it. He had a conflict with something else, and we miss him. Uh, Tolly's been a great addition to the podcast, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So it, it's gonna be weird, Rick. It's just me and you, like th- like back like the old days.
1: Talk like the old is. Yeah. We'll we'll miss Josh today. I know he wanted to be a part of this and uh, he was bummed out that he's missing out. Um, obviously with our next guest, uh, uh, Tim rock rains, um, you know, pretty pumped to have him on. We've been trying to get him on for a while and you know, the the timing didn't work out and, but I'm glad it's working out today. I met him back in, uh, 2013. I believe when he started working for the Jays. I had just got an option down. So I was dealing with a lot of shit and I just remember him, uh, you know, again, he's one of those guys that the, the Blue Jays would bring in and, and very approachable. And obviously, you're in all. I was in all of these guys, you know, when when you see a Pat Hankin and and a Tim Rock Reigns, a George Bell, uh, you know, those guys walk into our clubhouse and, and, and they treat you as humans, man. They're not better than anybody else. They don't act like they're better than anybody else. Uh, they're not a. Uh, Jim Palmer trying to fix my hat and shit, and and, and when I was stressing, uh, you know, telling you their whole staff and what they did and this and that. Nah, man, they they like Rock was honestly down to earth from from day one. And one of the dudes, man, again, we we brought Billy Warlow before in this uh, in this uh, podcast, and his office and his area was where everyone would gather up. You know, when when Rock was in town, and we'd sit there and, and tell stories and. And just listen to these guys. I mean, I wasn't telling any stories. I was just listening. And, and it, it, you just get so much insight, <laughs> so, so much cool stuff uh, listening to these guys.
0: Yeah, and uh, you've been talking about Tim Raines for a couple years now. When you would go to the, the camp in, in uh, the summer in Canada, you would come back and be like, hey, so some of the stories that we hear from Raines, or we hear from uh, Crime Dog, from the uh, George Bell. Like, we yeah, want, well, got to t- get, t- get these guys.
1: Rock didn't do the... The, the camps, but he would do uh, the the alumni event where it Oh was there go. Like, that's what
0: it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, coming back to the Chase Kerr alumni event where that's it, was what a, it was Winterfest, yeah. And dude talk about some old school guys there, man. Rock, George Bell, Fred McGriff. Uh, Tom Hankey, dude, you name it, they everyone's there, and you're kind of in all of that, all, yeah. that, all that stuff. That's
0: and that's cool. the beauty of the podcast that we have now. Like, yeah, we can go and talk down sabermetrics and analytics and all that other stuff, but nah, not really. We don't like that because it's kind of boring. I just want to hear stories. Like that's what we want to hear. And today on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast, we have our first Hall of Famer, a seven-time All Star, three-time World Series champion, number thirty, who was retired by the Montreal Expos. He stole the. NL, stolen base leader four times, a batting champion, silver slugger. But the reason I loved him as a kid is because when I played at the park, we always ended up being the Expos, right? And, like, I I don't know why. I was always the Expos. And I was like, okay, there is... Tim Reigns, number 30, and that's the dude. So if you wanted to like be on the Expos, we were going to be stealing. Everybody was like, Tim Raines, like that. Uh, Andre Dawson, Gary Carter, uh, um, Dennis Martinez. For me, the Expos were the team. Like, that was cool. So a chance to talk to Tim Reigns. And you know me, Rick, I don't get fired up over people, but I'm fired up for this one. We have a cool one right now. <laughs> Tim Rock Raines is our guest today. And Tim, I don't know if anybody else can give you a better intro than that. You can go on any show, but there's no better intro than you got right now.
2: That's the best I've heard ever. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take that. That's that's awesome.
0: That's cool, Tim. Uh, right now, uh, let's just catch the people up on what you're doing. You are part of the Blue Jays organization. Is that correct?
2: Yes, yeah, still, uh, still a part of the Blue Jays organization. Uh, more part time now, not full time. Um, which is which is cool with me you know i get to spend a lot more time uh here with my family i have uh twin daughters that are 10 years old uh they're playing softball right now and uh i'm kind of uh coaching which is certainly different from doing what i normally do so uh it's been cool it's been cool
1: yeah, Rock, and, and I was telling Beto, yeah, that, that we'd been wanting to get you on. And um, you know, I, I I guess, you know, for you, like for where where did the 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 root of baseball start for you? Like where where, where was it like the that you were like, man, I, I love this game. I know you play football. Was football your first love or was it baseball from the get go?
2: Well, actually it was baseball. I just didn't know it. You know, I started playing baseball when I you can start walking. Actually, my dad played semi-pro baseball, which back in those days were, you know, weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, They would play baseball and go to work during the week. So that's when I was introduced to baseball. I had four brothers, uh, three older, one younger. So we kind of grew up around baseball. Um, That was the first sport that we was actually introduced to um i enjoyed it but you know as i got older i felt like you know when you went to a football game there was big crowds when you went to a baseball game there was nobody but the family
0: so i kind <laughs>
2: of so got got used to being around the big crowds and football became uh my favorite sport
0: now okay rick i don't know if you know this uh he was a bad bad dude at Seminole high school in florida Rock, is it true? Over a hundred football offers. Yeah, over hundred football offers. Actually, no baseball offers.
2: None. Come on, now. I got, I got no baseball offers. I ended up being drafted in the fifth round, but as far as being offered uh, any scholarships for baseball, I got none. Wow. And, um, where, where were you it's, supposed it's to? Hard. Go? Well, I, I was going to go University of Florida. Actually, I signed a letter of intent uh, to play football. So, uh, but, uh, it was one of those situations where I was at a crossroad. Okay. Do I go to college, to play football, and then try to walk on for baseball or do I sign and play pro baseball and get a full look at, you know, if baseball is going to be the sport that I ended up playing. And I felt like you know, I was seventeen. I was a young, seventeen-year-old graduating. So I felt like give myself, you know, two, three years in the minors and see what happened. Uh, if things were going well, I would stay. If not, I would quit and then go play football at University of Florida. Wow. Uh Thank God it all worked out the way it did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, because I, I always, I always, I always tell Beto and my friends, I'm like, it's so different going from from high school to pro ball than it is from college to pro ball. You, you get three years to mature in, in college. I feel like when you go to a, a three-year school or four-year school, um, depending on when you come out, but like for you living, leaving home at such a young age, was that tough for you? Like leaving, you know, obviously your mom, your dad, your, your brothers, uh, was it tough for you? I mean, I'm sure it was a huge adjustment when you get, you know, I always talk about <laughs> getting sent to Auburn, New York. And that was like, such a- <laughs> you know about all <laughs> You know the story tip? <laughs> yeah, but you know what though,
2: I, I think I think for me it was it was it was perfect because you know spring training was in Florida. Um, you know, when you sign you go down to uh to spring training uh that first, you know, half season, it was in Florida. Actually as a matter of fact, it was down the street from where I grew up. Daytona oh. Beach. I grew up in Sanford, oh, okay. which is about a way. So I think looking at it that way, uh, not having to be so far away from home, I was actually my first two years, I was I was at home. I, I went okay. from Daytona Beach to West Palm Beach, uh, which was high A ball. And that's like uh, from my home, about an hour and a half. So I... I got a chance to be around my family. I think that helped me uh, tremendously because like you said, 17 year old kid being on his own. What happened? Uh,
0: mm-hmm. He's there. He's frozen. I uh, we'll get him back. Yeah. Uh, there you go there, Tim. Uh, we uh, ha- uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> uh Just text him to call back. wi Shit, rock. Just text him to call us back. That's it. Yeah. we we'll get you going? Uh, so we'll get him back. Oh, he was in the zone too. He was he was going uh, going after it with yeah, Tim Raines. giving you guys going. And we are doing this live, so we're gonna keep on rolling with it. And uh, I'm not even gonna edit that part out, but we do this pretty cool. And uh, with Tim Raines, one of the things about him is that he gets fired up about things. I've heard that. And I've heard other interviews with him, Rick, and it's like he's in the zone where he just gets after and he's like, all right, you can hear it. Like, I don't think people realize how great of an athlete he was physically. So yeah. his numbers, in 81, his, like, um, he, he no, actually 80, uh, Fernando was the rookie of the year in 81. And Tim was eligible for that. And I'm going to bring that up. Here we go uh let's see here we're gonna get him back on here let's see here there it is tim is joining us there it is boom there we got him is. back you good oh, there man, rock yeah i'm good i'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, tim uh before you got cut off uh, let me let me just fast forward with this you got drafted in 77 you told yourself i'm gonna give myself three years if it doesn't work out then i'm gonna go play college football two years later you get the call up to the major leagues Like, what was that like? How did it happen?
2: Well, um, fast, really. It was, it was moving really, really fast. Um, uh, things were going well. And, uh, I think once I got past that first year or first half year, uh, I start leaning more towards baseball, and I said, you know, I'm gonna give it all I have, and um, you know, see what works out. And and things moved around really, really fast. I mean, I went from from rookie ball to high A. Can you
0: guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. We
2: okay. And uh, and then I went from high A to double A. So, I mean, uh, things were moving real fast. I was having good years. I went from my second full season in double A. Uh, I got a call up at the end of that season. So, um, things were moving pretty fast and, and, and things were going well. And um, I think that put me in a position to kind of say, like, you know, I, I can do this and, and uh, and hopefully uh, the next year, I didn't make the team out of spring training. I was called up, I think in, in the second. Someone got hurt, got some back down to AAA. Went back to AAA, led the league in hitting, led the league in stolen bases, won MVP.
1: Sorry about um, it. Wow.
2: And did everything I had to do, you know, to try to say, okay, enough of this minor league stuff. Put me in the big leagues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh it, it all worked out that way it, it, it <laughs> now, worked when you get drafted though rock you get drafted with Montreal expos were you like because when i got drafted by the toronto blue jays i was like oh man like i'm from the west coast i know nothing about canada nothing about toronto i got drafted by the furthest team away <laughs> from home for you was it like <laughs> where the hell is Montreal or did you kind of know, or like, were you like, how is it going to be playing in another country and, and all that stuff? Was it, I, was it different? Actually,
2: that was it. Who is the Montreal expo? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I, uh I, I knew of them, but I didn't really know of them. You know, they yeah. had spring training down the street and Daytona beach, but, um, I didn't know much about Montreal. Um, I remember my senior year going to a, a spring training game uh, in Daytona Beach to see the Twins, and I was a big Twin fan because they, they spring training was in Orlando, so I was I was, a, I was a Twin fan because I I had an opportunity to go see the Twins play. Uh, so, went to see the Twins play the Expos in Daytona Beach. Saw so Andre Dawson, Gary Carter, uh, Ellis Valentine, all those guys, uh, Warren Cromarty, all those guys were there uh, at the time. So I got a chance to see them. I didn't know anything about them at the time. But, and, and again, I hadn't been drafted. I wonder if that was going to be the team that drafted me. So, yeah. Uh, when they drafted me, I, I didn't talk to many people from the Expo. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this team drafted me. And I, you know, didn't talk to anyone from that team. So uh, I was just happy to be drafted, really. The, 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 yeah. the, actually, actually, the Dodgers was was uh, very, very, very hard. They told me they were going to draft me in the first round. And I was thinking that that was what was going to happen, and it didn't. And then uh-huh. end up being drafted by the Expo? Come on.
0: You you mean yeah. okay, you it could have been you and Fernando Mania at the same time? Yes. Yes. That that <laughs> would have happened. I right there. <laughs> Tim, like I look. Okay. I'm a LA kid born and raised. It would
2: have happened though. You know, I was hoping it would have happened, and I probably would have got uh, you know, rookie of the year. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but, okay, like I said, I'm an L.A. kid. First time I go to Montreal, I know they speak French in Montreal. You know, I know that. You know, go learning that. But I didn't know that's all they speak in Montreal is only French. What was it like for you, a kid from Florida, the Southern draw, and all of a sudden everybody just in French?
2: Well, the toughest part is trying to speak French when you're from <laughs> Florida. You know, you have that Southern draw. <laughs> you- Cannot pronounce it. So, I had a tough time, you know. Well, trying to speak the language one, but not being able to speak it, even if I knew what I was supposed to say. <laughs> so, so, so that was tough. So I got, I, you know, I, I learned, you know, the normal, the hellos and and how are you and stuff like that. But when it got past that, I was done. Yeah. And uh, even to this day, I was I spent twelve years there. And I tried my best. I really did. I really tried my best. Uh, But it just did not work out.
1: (laughs) Hey, man, talk about, uh, honestly, Rock is, obviously, we know he went into the Hall of Fame as a Montreal Expo. But there's no crazier ovation I saw on TV when uh, the Blue Jays uh, have usually their their last two spring training games up in Toronto. They play exhibition games. And it's one of the coolest freaking ovations I've ever seen when, when Rock walked out and, and he got an ovation by that crowd there, and obviously they 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 want a baseball team. They're waiting for it. And how do you feel about Montreal? Hopefully, maybe getting a team in the future. You think it's you think it's possible? Do you see it happening, or or is it something that's going to take a lot of work?
2: I I really hope so. I mean, I, and, and they've been working actually. They've been working there for ever since they they lost. As a matter of fact, uh, there's still there things that I do to try to help, you know, bring back baseball uh, in Montreal. I mean, that's, I grew up there pretty much. I mean, I was a 19 year old kid uh, in the major leagues uh, in Montreal uh, as, as a young kid. And, uh, and, and, and I was there for 11 years before I went to Chicago. But uh, that place is like my my second home, really, and uh, it's unfortunate that they no longer have a baseball team because, you know, they were saying that there's not enough fans in Montreal. But I was there when two weeks ago, forty thousand <laughs> every night.
0: Yeah. So I, wow. know
2: I know what is I know what it's like to be there. And you and you were there, Ricky, when uh, spring training there was fifty seven thousand people there. So. Uh, I remember three days, two days, I mean, they had over 100,000 people. So uh, there is – baseball is is loved there, and I'm pretty sure if they got a team uh, back, uh, it'll, it'll be the same.
0: Yeah, the way that the, it ended in Montreal, obviously the team wanted to get out there, they wanted to move it to Florida, I mean, that's the stuff. But you would see, it. I mean, as, as a kid, when the Dodgers would play there at that old Olympic Stadium, like, Damn, they were just packed, crowded, uh, always good, it just looks fun. And they also had the best uniforms, those baby blue uniforms, uh, with the, <laughs> the red, white, and blue helmet, the, the best, that was smooth right there. It's just smooth yeah, i, I noticed
2: just, i noticed a lot of teams are starting to come back with that baby blue now You know you they are yeah and you've got a few other teams that are wearing that baby blue i think uh philadelphia is yeah. another team so yeah. um You're
0: you, right it's, as it's a almost- matter of fact
2: you know that was my favorite uniform as well you know i mean i love those those powder blues and uh with the with the big stripe down the side yeah. uh so uh, that was when we didn't wear the pants really big. We were like snug.
0: <laughs> okay, well, like, we... that's my question, though, Tim. <laughs> Why were your pants a little bit tighter than everybody else's? Your jersey too, man. And, I mean, by the way, uh, that, and that's coming. That's
1: coming back now. You see more more guys wearing those tight pants now nowadays. Like the Buellers, the the yeah. Gavin Love, Kevin Biggio. Like they all wear those like tight tight pants.
0: It's almost yeah. like it's coming back. But Tim painted his yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you know what? Back in those days, I thought that was the way you are supposed to wear them. I'm not sure what they're doing right now. Uh, I, I I remember, you know, uh, Babe Ruth, you know, they used to wear those those big old, you know, floppy uniforms when, and you know, and they were like cotton. And I don't know how those guys played back in those days because they played day games too. They played yeah, double yeah. hitters, day games, in cotton uniforms. So, um, but that that was a little different. But you know, when I came up, everybody wore them tight. Everybody wore them tight. Um, you very seldom see uh, loose loose fitted pants, or even, you know, with with the cutout, you know, rubber bands from from the bottom of the pants. Oh yeah. Guys are wearing them like slacks. You know, <laughs> like you know. That was Ricky. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's but that was the the, the, the new look. So, I was different, you know, we wore nothing up, up around our knees, and you could see the, uh, you know, the, uh, the blue, the blue stripe down the side, and the socks, and we had, you know, we had stirrups, so you know, they're doing it now, they're wearing soccer, I mean,
0: they're wearing soccer socks now, so I mean, hey. you know, things change, But Tim, know. but Tim, though, you worked hard on your body, you were chiseled, man, you, that, that, the sleeves were a little tighter too, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, he had, to, he, he had to be,
1: he had to look good for those. Yeah. Hey, have, you yeah. have you ever been to Montreal? Holy smoke. Twice. so many people, women out there.
0: Talk yes. <laughs> to any old
1: school uh, guy. Talk to any old school guy. It, it
2: wasn't, you know what, though? It wasn't, it wasn't my dude. It was so I figured fit
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> i always, it, It's funny because I always talk, when I talk to, to guys, to old school guys, or I'm always like, "Hey, what was the best city to play in? Montreal." Not, not even a hesitation. Oh, Montreal yeah. a visiting player was the best, the best. Yeah. You know, and then I tell like,
2: you the worst, the worst, the worst thing that ever happened in baseball was when, when the Montreal Expo played their last game. Because I mean, I used to ask guys too, you know, because I, I ended up I wasn't playing at the time, but I used to ask guys. um, You know, they said the one place that everybody wanted to go in baseball was to Montreal. Uh, I don't know why,
0: but, you know, everybody wanted to come. (laughs) And you guys had the best home record, huh?
2: (laughs) Yes, we did. I mean, guys never got any sleep. And they would always blame it on me. They're like guys will come to me. when I come when they come to Montreal, they will call me. I'm like, dude, I don't know where to go. I <laughs> go anywhere. You got you got to go anywhere. I'm not like, I'm not the spokesman for uh Montreal. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the people love coming in.
0: Yeah, like in the NBA world it's just known that in Atlanta and Miami, it's just it's a loss. Guys are gonna lose no matter yeah. what. In Atlanta and Miami. It's a home yeah. win. No problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: how tough how tough was it for you rock though when when you had to leave montreal and you went to the white Sox, how tough was that that you know you you grew up there that was home for you and then all of a sudden you know you start learning probably the business of it and you're like whoa like this i thought you probably think like for me when i was with the blue jays i thought i was going to be home forever you know i'm like this is where this is where it's going to end for me and then i end up with the giants and you're just like this is different like was it such a different transition for you, or were you ready for that change, or did it kind of hit you out of nowhere?
2: Well, you know, I, I left after eleven years, so I mean, I had spent I had spent ten full seasons uh, in Montreal, and I still love the city. I mean, I really didn't want to leave, but I had I had got into a position to where, you know, we started like rebuilding every year mm. after like my third or fourth year. So as a player, that you know, my first full season, we went to the playoffs, and we were a game away from going to the World Series mm. in, in my in my rookie season. So there, I was thinking that okay, my first year, we did this good. We got a chance, you know, to win something. And then, for a year, to win. We could say, it went from like being one of the best teams in, in, in baseball to like average for the next like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And then I had got myself in a position to like, okay, sure, I'm having good years. Sure, I love Montreal. I would love to be here the rest of my career. But if things are going to continue to be the way it had been for the, like the four or five years, I'm like, I got no chance to win any World Series. If if I stay here, because
0: mm-hmm.
2: one we start we didn't have the money to pay players. Two, there was a lot of uh, you know free agents not coming to Montreal because it was it was in another country. The money taxes was different, so we we had a tough time bringing in top free agents. So um, it, had, it got to a point to where you know the only way I was going you know win a championship I had to go somewhere else and
0: uh that's the way i ended up going that's the business side where you start seeing that and, and there are yes. just certain cer- certain organizations where you just know that they're going to rebuild every single year and it's it's a business and you go and you play with the white Sox, and then you win the world series tim the first world series you won where's that ring at it's, 1990- it's, uh,
2: in the house it's <laughs> in the house hidden somewhere so i probably can't find it but <laughs> <laughs> for sure i'm not wearing it around because I'm, I'm afraid i'm gonna get hit upside the head and try, like, take it 96 98
0: 96 and 98 world series champion uh what was it like you just mentioned the reason i want to go for this because you go from montreal where you're like we're not gonna win we're not doing this this is that all of a sudden you're in an organization where it's let's do everything we need to do to win that world series in 96 what was it like
2: Oh my God! It's like uh, it, it's it's the best, really. Uh, as a, as a major league player, you know, one you play to be a major leaguer. Two, you know, you want to be on a team that that wins, and three, you know, the ultimate is to win a World Championship, and and that's probably one of the toughest things to do, uh, because you know you have to be on in an organization that really. Want to win, and they want to do everything they can to win. And sometimes you get you get stuck on situations like I was at Montreal. And it's not that we didn't, you know, we didn't have the money, uh, we didn't have, you know, the place where you know the top free agents will come and play and try to win a world championship. So I was in that predicament. Um, ended up, you know, going to White Stock to try to win. Didn't win there. Ended up going the place to be at the time, and uh, my first year, uh, we ended up with ninety six. That was my first year. Derek Jeter's first year. Um, Posado's first year. So I mean, it was it was just being in the right place at the right time, and uh, thank God I got that opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I have a question for you, Rock. Who was who was the one pitcher that? That busted your ass every time, man. And you were like, golly, this guy owns me. Was there one guy in particular?
2: Well, you you will be surprised who I who I mentioned because all of the Hall of Fame guys I murdered. I mean, they had no chance. You know, you had like you know, you had like <laughs> every guy every guy in the Hall of Fame I had no problems with
0: Kurt McCaskill. The angel pitcher? I don't, angel. Yeah, Kurt McCaskill, I, he was an angel when they were the California who, angels. He's Canadian.
2: Yeah. No, I don't think he's Canadian, but. uh Oh, oh. oh whatever, why, why did he get you? For some reason had that cut fastball, man, that I just could not see from the <laughs> left side. I mean, it'll start down the middle. And as soon as I started swinging, it would be on my hands. I mean, he must have broke I might have broke my thumb one time. So many times. But I was the only guy he could get out. For some reason, you know, he was, he was a decent pitcher. And um, for some reason, he, he had my number. As a matter of fact, we actually became teammates. In uh Chicago, he got traded to Chicago with White Sox. When I was there, I was like, "Thank God, you made me on team. I don't have to worry about facing you anymore."
1: And what? And, what? And what? And what everything,
2: I... everything was okay. I had my best years when he came. And played
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? What Hall of Fame pitcher did you absolutely own? Randy Johnson. Come on,
2: Randy Johnson could not get me out.
1: Wow! Did he ever I throw remember, at you? Uh,
2: no, you know what? We were actually teammates. He was originally yeah. at an Expo. Yeah, but, and uh, he was my teammate uh, for a few months before they traded him to uh, Seattle uh, for uh, Kurt. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, lefty. I can't remember his name now, but um, and you know, I was with Randy when he was in in, in the minor leagues. I saw him uh, come. Up, uh, they come to and lost four to nothing. I'm like Randy, how can you throw a no hitter and lose four to nothing? Because he walked like 18 guys <laughs> and threw a no hitter. So you know they didn't get any hits, but he walked. He walked four people and-
1: <laughs> That's crazy. That's but, crazy uh, because I feel yeah. like I feel like Randy when you watching him on TV when I was younger, it was like he was a, the big, intimidating left, left-handed left pitcher that nobody wanted to face. And it's crazy that that's the first name that you throw out. I figured it would be like somebody that's a little bit more control, more in the well, zone. thank
2: God I was a switch hitter, though. Thank God I was a switch hitter. I can get on the right side. Because if I would have had to face him from the left side, I would have probably had no chance. Uh, okay. Not too many lefties did well against them. Right-hander, not too many right-hander He's uh, um, in. they throw the slider. I can tell me threw the fastball, and and I wasn't trying to hit the slider. You know, even though he threw hard, I knew if I catch up with that fastball, it was coming back. And not that I hit a lot of home runs, but I was going to hit it hard. I'm going to hit it hard
1: somewhere. <laughs> so how much? So so as a hitter, Rock, and and you're hearing it now a lot in, in baseball. You're 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 you're. A lot of it is obviously guys are throwing harder and all that. But like they're saying, like, oh, like hitters can make that adjustment. What, what do you think? What do you have to say to that? Like, or like saying, like, yeah, the guys are throwing too hard and, and, and the hitters, that's why hitters are, are not hitting the way they're supposed to. But I, I, I blame it on the other stuff, on the analytical stuff and the trying to get too much launch angle on balls rather than making adjustments. Back then, I feel like if you saw shifts, it would be like base hit, automatic base hit for you guys, right? Like because right. you guys to handle
2: the bat, right? And, and and that was the type of hitter I was. I wasn't a poor hitter, so and I wasn't I wasn't an opposite field hitter. I mean, if they threw me inside, I'm on the ball. If they threw me away, I hit it hard the other way. So those type of hitters, it's hard to defend. In it's according to how you're going to pitch these guys. I mean, they they like to try to pitch me away. <clears throat> early and then try to finish me in. And I knew I knew that. And, and the one thing about me as a hitter, I knew the strike zone very well. Uh, I really didn't swing at a lot of bad pitches. I actually, if you threw me breaking balls, it had to be a hanger for me to try to attempt to even swing at it. Uh, but it wasn't there like a fastball. I'm like waiting. And I was one of those guys that I remember swinging at a pitch after the umpire called a strike and i fouled it off that's how late i i I wanted to see the ball i wanted to see it as long as possible and i I can actually like i said umpire was was starting to call a strike and i fouled it off right at the last second
0: (laughs) joe west was mad joe west was mad about that <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, you know he like it. And, and I don't, He's not only same
2: same way, man. <laughs> man. I don't I don't get him.
1: Not only that though, not, not only do you did you have guys who could control the bat really well, but you get a rock range at first base, you might as well just let him run to third base and be like, dude, just just go ahead because yeah. he was gonna and I feel like you know, and I'm not trying to bash on today's game at all. That's not that's not the point. But like that's what I feel like the game is missing. It's missing guys at the top of the lineup getting on base for the three, four, five hold. Um, you know, doing whatever it takes. It, it always seemed like the, the top two hitters were the guys that were going to do that. Handle the bat really well. You know, bunt their way on or whatever it was. Still third, uh, still second, still third. And next thing you know, you're up on nothing. You know, and I, I've always wondered like why, like you know, why we haven't shifted that way a little bit. You know, with the analytics and. And, and and the shifting going on, I'm like, I know it, and I'm not a hitter, Rock. You know, by any means, but it almost seems like we've become hitting has become so one dimensional. It's always, it's almost like it. We'll take a strikeout. We'll trade a strikeout for a whole month, You know, as long as you get the ball in the air. And I feel like that's what the for me the game is missing. It's the the complete package of, of hitting and what it, what it used to be.
2: Well, I think the number one reason also is you don't have leadoff hitters anymore mm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know nowadays teams are are leadoff guys aren't really leadoff guys they're guys that can hit home runs. you know mm-hmm. i think teams want you to, to be leading the game one or nothing with the home run more than worry about getting on base getting something started you know um seeing pitches um uh, making the pitcher work you know nowadays it's all about it's, it's 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 one big swing for
0: mm-hmm. everybody,
2: not just the leadoff guy, but everybody up and down the lineup, and uh, that's the difference between old, who putting up was 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 how the team was built around. It. You know, normally, it, you know, like myself, Ricky Henderson. The Expos and and uh, the A's built their team around us with with what we did. You know, um, we we had great eyes at the plate, and, and and we and we were good hitters. So as a pitcher, do I try to get him out, or do I try to you know I don't want to walk him, but I don't want to I don't want to throw anything right down the middle because he can hit a home run. Yeah. Exactly. And it's one or nothing anyway. Yeah. So it's a different uh, it's it a different it tougher, world.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. It made it tougher for, for pitchers game and, and try to do things to keep guys like myself and Ricky off the bases.
0: Yeah.
2: When you really you know, if someone swing at something bad, I'm gonna get on by walk. But if if they hang something, it's gonna be one or nothing. Man. It's uh, So pick your poison, you know. Do you you know what I mean? Pick your poison. You want to like you know, hope, hopefully swing at something that I want him to swing and get himself out. Uh, and, but we were those those type of hitters nowadays. You got guys who just going up there swinging,
0: and you can kind of pitch them any kind of way you want to pitch. Yeah, well, they, like I think uh, the game obviously has changed completely different. I'm looking at your stats right now. You had 808 stolen bases in one season. 81. You had 71. The next year you had 78, in 83 you had 90, in 84 you had 75, then 85, 86 you had 70. You didn't even lead the league in stolen bases this year. It's a completely different game. I remember as a kid, the 85, uh, the Cardinals, they had Willie McGee and uh, Vince Coleman, and it was just a bunch of rabbits flying all over the place. And right. I hated him because right. as a Dodger fan in 85, Tom fear gave up that damn home run to Ozzy Smith and Jack Clark, but still mad about that's that. And right. And dupe blue that was glove. His home run, too. Yeah, running around, his hand all up. And he's from, like, lock high, too, down the street. Like, don't be doing that. And Niedefier's stupid blue glove. But that's another story for another day. See, I, I do get mad about something, Ricky. Uh, but... <laughs> I've never heard you this passionate, man. Jeez. That's why I stopped being Not a Dodger fan. Year. That year. And John Tudor, I didn't like John Tudor either, man. Him and his, like, weird lefty. So, like, yeah, anyways, uh, you're, the game in the 80s felt like it was just fun. Ricky were doing his thing. You were doing his thing. How much fun was it in the 80s? And was there, like, rivalries between guys? Because there is no social media, so you didn't see guys that often. So, like, you had Ricky doing his thing, like, Willie McGee in his thing, you, Tim. Was there, like, a you keeping track of what other guys are doing? Well,
2: I was, I was, you know what? I enjoyed playing uh, St. Louis. You know, they had Vince Coleman. I mean, they had eight guys, I think, on that squad that had over 20 stolen bases. I mean, I don't think that has ever happened before. Uh, but back in those days, I mean, you know, Gary Carter, when he was with the Expos, we go to St. Louis, he had to put his, his arm, he had to put... uh it showed up in ice <laughs> after playing those guys because he's throwing down a second base. He's throwing down a third. He's trying to pick him off at first. I mean, he had more throws than the pitcher had. I mean, trying to keep those guys off the bases. But but that's what made it fun because, you know, it wasn't just, you know, you're going to get hits or you're going to get home runs. You're going to do all these things. You had to go into St. Louis and be big and once they got on base you had to try to stop them from stealing not only that they had good hitters as well so you're trying to keep guys off the bases you try to keep them from stealing but then you got to steal throw strikes so yeah. it, it it made it tough i mean it made it tough on pitchers nowadays Pitchers all they have to do is throw you know 95 plus maybe have a good uh secondary pitch good curveball or change up or whatever they're gonna throw and just try to throw it by people you know Back in our days, you couldn't do that. Normally, when you threw that hard, it was easier for you to steal. I mean, for the for you to steal against guys like that. So I'm just changed. Guys aren't running anymore, so pitchers don't have to worry about or, or let people out. But then if they leave it up, balls are flying out of the ballpark. Yeah.
0: So. But Tim, Tim, would it, you, were you thing keep thing track
2: that. of what Ricky was doing? Uh, not really. Not really, because you know back in those days it wasn't interleague play, so mm. we didn't get to see those guys at okay. all, other than spring training, which yeah, uh, right. we were in Florida,
1: <laughs> they was in Arizona, uh, oh, so that's
2: they get and all and it, So
1: and in Montreal, and in Montreal they they weren't covering uh, baseball, they were covering the hockey. Hockey. <laughs> they were <really laughs> hockey. Yeah. So I felt like when I was in if you want Toronto. to know
2: anything about baseball in Montreal, you ain't gonna get it. You're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna get it.
1: It's true. I mean, it yeah, be,
2: it will be hockey first. I mean, we were in first place. I'm gonna tell you, we were in first place. I, I forget what year it was. We were in first place, uh, going down the stretch at the end of the season. We didn't even get front page, and it <laughs> wasn't even hockey season. <laughs> I, think, I think. I think there was a big trade with with the Montreal Canadiens with with I think the Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Uh, one of their top players got traded to Chicago. That was Headline. And I think on the second page, they had Expos take over first place by half a game. That was something we had to deal with. Yeah. But I think, I think, uh, uh, especially when I first started there, uh, baseball was growing. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like every year we would grow more and more and more until it got to the point to where, you know people were showing up man i mean it was like it was like a big party every time we came to the ballpark i mean people love to get out and they love you know in, in canada they drink
0: they love to drink get know. that molson's going uh,
2: they love they love to have parties man they partied all the time so <laughs> that was their way of going to a party going to a baseball game and you and, got to do the, it 82 it's times funny.
1: 82 times a year man it's funny because I didn't realize that, Rock, till after oh, I retired. Won. When I came back for an event with the Blue Jays, when I came back for an event and I had I got to walk outside the stadium, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a straight party. Every single bar is packed. Yeah. Everyone's getting ready yeah. for the game. This is like two hours before the game, Bethel, three hours before yeah. the game. Like just getting ready. And and I looked at uh, – I forget who I was with, and I was like, I never realized it was this big of a party. Obviously when you're in the clubhouse you don't know what's going on outside, but I got to actually right. walk outside and kind of see everything and I was like this is crazy. Like it's like people like love 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 their 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 beer there and they love the 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 atmosphere of being uh in a sporting event or being outside of the sporting event watching it at a bar. It's it's a really cool Different uh, than what you're used to seeing here. Obviously, at Dodger Stadium, you don't see that because there's not any bars near 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 the stadium because the, the stadium sits on a hill. So there, it, it's right. completely different. Um, this the stadium in Toronto, right downtown, and it's in front of all every single bar. So it's 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 a cool thing to see when you see something like that.
0: Uh, Tim, one yeah. of the things that I've noticed that when we talked to Ricky, and my thing is I'm a sports reporter here in Los Angeles, and getting to know Ricky over the years, one of the things that he we kind of go back and forth on is his experience at the all-star games and the amount of people mm-hmm. when you walk in there you were fortunate enough to go there seven different times with all-star but I'm looking at this 84 all-star game and for a guy in his 40s and you're looking at these this is like my childhood coming up right here for your team starting was Tony Gwynn, Ryan Sandberg, Steve Garvey, Del Murphy, Mike Schmidt, Daryl Strawberry, uh, Gary Carter, Ozzie Smith and then on the bench you had Tim Raines, Claudel Washington, Joaquin Anduhar, Dwight Gooden, Jesse Roscoe, uh, you know Bob Brenly, who's in, going to go Hall of Famer as a as a manager. Like, do you ever sit back and say, "Damn," like, or do you do that
2: all the time? <laughs> I still do. Uh, you know what? Um, you know, as a kid, you uh, go I didn't really think about being a major league, about being so I didn't really care about baseball stuff until I started playing baseball, uh, at the professional level. And then at each year I was like, I can do this. I think I can do this. And it seemed like each year I gained confidence and I got better and better. So when I finished playing baseball, I didn't think I didn't even think about the Hall of Fame. I just felt like I love Montreal, I love the fans. And when, when I was doing my thing there, the fans went nuts. I mean, every time I got on base, I stole, just knew I was going to run. So when pitchers start throwing over, trying to pick me off like five or six times, seven or eight times a game. The fans love that. They love as a matter of fact, they used to put chickens up on them. every time they try to pick me off at first base. So that became a thing with me. So you you life. cut
0: rock, you cut out real quick. They would put chickens for what?
2: For when pitchers try to pick me off at first base. <laughs> so they throw over one time, they didn't get me. They throw over another time, they didn't get me. They'll throw up another time, so then they'll pitch out. (laughs) So it became a whole different game when I was at first base. I mean, it wasn't about the pitcher and the hitter anymore. It was about the pitcher and me and the catcher, you know. They would pitch out a couple times, (laughs) and I would always see when they would pitch out. So I'm like, I'm not going on pitch out. Oh. So uh, the only way you can stop the X Fold if you stop range because if he got on base, he was pretty much gonna score regardless of he hit. you know, I can steal second, I could steal third and all up you know, my second third place hitters had to do with just make four. So it came, you know, so with town you had to stop range, or oh, just like Henderson, you had to stop that team. If you, if those guys got on base, you're not going to them. Man. because not to worry about one play on the bases, you had to worry about those guys coming up that swing in the back as well. Yeah, you know, you had Dawson and you had Carter, and I had a good second place hitter, uh, Rodney Scott, who could run just as fast as I could, and he could steal just as many bases if he wanted to. But when you have those speedy guys in the top of the lineup, then you had guys like Dawson coming up, hitting third, and Carter coming up, hitting fourth, and you had like Ellis Valentine who had power, hitting fifth. What do you do as a pitcher? You know, do you just, you know, I got to worry about these two little guys in the beginning of the lineup. Before I even start thinking about the big, the big guns coming, out. so and I tell you what, your head's all screwed up as a pitcher, man.
1: Yeah, as a pitcher, there's nothing you worse than having. A guy... <laughs> yeah, there, there's as a starting as a pitcher, there's nothing you worse than have...
2: getting in position to score a run.
0: Go,
1: Rick. Yeah. No, yeah, I was saying, I was as a starting pitcher, There's nothing worse than having a guy at first base who's just like a pesky guy that just won't go away and he's he knows your move and he knows when he's going and for me being left-handed i felt like i got picked apart from from good base runners it was like no matter what you do no matter what move you show me i know when i gotta go and and it, it just it makes it so much tougher because it's true what rock is saying it becomes between you as a pitcher the base runner and the catcher just hoping to get that guy out that you forget about the guy at the plate and next thing you know you're too old to to Let's say uh, Andre Dawson, and now you gotta come come right at him, and he's gonna make you pay. So it's it's like yeah, it's like Rock is saying, pick your poison. Like, do yeah. you focus on me or do you focus on the hitter? Because regardless, right. I'm gonna score, but right. I'm also I also have one of the best hitters in baseball at the plate. And if you if you miss one, he's gonna make you pay. And now it's not only
0: gonna be one nothing; it's gonna be two nothing. Right?
1: So it, 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 it's right. it's crazy right. what be like Rock was able to do it in the bases.
0: There's so many different things that you can do, and obviously the evolution of the baseball game that where it's at right now, you know, with analytics, all that other stuff, but the stories never get old. The the camaraderie never gets old. That's what uh, you guys always no. miss about, like you, we said it before we started the podcast, you said to Tim, like, I can talk about me all day. Like, we can talk baseball all day long, and we really can, and it's not mm-hmm. in a bragging way. It's just because... That's what the fun part is, and Tolley always talks about it on the podcast where he'll sit in Billy's office in, in Florida, and you guys are just telling stories, talking shop, and that's it. Like that That's what matters, and you look back at it, some of the teammates that you have have such an impact on your life. Is it true that your son is named after Hawk, after Andre Dawson?
2: Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, they're born on the same day. They have the same birth time. No way. Their birthday, you know, Andre Dawson Andre. So, um, I thought it was only fitting that uh, oh, wow. you know, since they were born on the same day, that uh, he'd be named Andre, and uh, they're 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 close too. Uh, Dawson and my son are, are very very close. He's his godfather, so wow. um, it's part of the family. It's all a part of the family.
0: Nice. Oh yeah, Hawk, Andre Dawson when he was with the Cubs, he, I always end up getting his baseball card, and he always had like that scowl on his face. But I've only heard All the good. nice, right? But people say he's like the nicest guy too. He just had that look on his face. He scared you to death
2: looking at him, but <laughs> he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's some of the teammates? He hit like, me all the time. He hit me like, all the time, man. To,
1: it's like, it's like he's like could run. Run. He <laughs> could
2: never catch me. He catch me. <laughs>
1: he's he's like George Bell. He just looks mean, but he ain't mean.
2: <laughs> exactly. It, exactly that way. I mean, maybe even meaner looking than George.
0: George.
2: George can look mean, but Andre looked like he going to kill you. You know what I mean? And it was a natural look for him
1: yeah and yeah. i'm like man now, you, you get towards, Brock, you get towards the end of your of your your playing career and you get to share the field the big league field with your son how was that moment for you when you get to, to experience something like that
2: uh probably the proudest moment i mean i've done a lot of great things in baseball um as a player you know as a coach But the one thing that I will never, ever forget and and probably the most proud about was uh, being able not only uh, to play in the same year uh, at the major league level, but play on the same team, uh, which is something that uh, I was lucky enough to be a good enough player as well as a good enough person that the Expos and the Baltimore Orioles got together to do it for for the two of us. I mean, you know, you can think about it a lot. You can think about, okay, I want to, you know, stay around long enough so I can can play with my son. It's just not that easy. You can't say, okay, I want to play with him, so I'm going to – should I go to his team or should his team bring him to me? Uh, we were fortunate and I was fortunate enough to uh, stay around long enough and have enough clout to be able to uh, get that deal together. And and, uh, and I wanted to thank, you know, thank you for the Expos and, and the uh, Orioles uh, for being able to pull that off because it's probably the, power, the proudest moment of my career uh, being able to be in the outfield, left field, he was in center to play in an actual game together. Uh, as a matter of fact, I hit a home run that first game, and uh, I was hoping that I was hoping that he could hit one, but he didn't have that kind of pop yet. <laughs> like like the Griffies, you know, the Griffies went back to back. I was like, we wasn't hitting b- behind each other, but I was like, oh my god. Hey, maybe you could, maybe you could, they'll throw something up and he he hit it out of the park.
1: But I'm gonna get At that age, you could probably still run faster than him too, right? No, I think by that time
2: I was, <laughs> I was in my forties. I was in my. You know what? I stopped I stopped racing him when he was uh, fifteen.
0: Wow, he was flying. He
2: got close, really, really close, and. This is the story. That he played baseball he was really, really fast, and I was twelve when I when I finally beat him in a race, and and I noticed how upset he was about me beating him at twelve. So when when Tim Jr. got close to beating me. I shut it down. <laughs> it I'm, like, I'm not going to let you beat me. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to let you beat me. So we never, we never raced again after that.
0: Now, Tim, you hit that home run in that game. Your son is on the team. Like it, it Just just to get to the major leagues is an amazing accomplishment, let alone father-son duel. But you're still a competitive dude. Like You're not just out there going through the motions. You hit a homer. You kind of look at your son and be like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> I did that's, that's
2: exactly what I did you know if, if, if Griffey the Griffies can do it why can't we I know you're not Ken Griffey Jr. but <laughs> you know you run into one The yards you know the ball flies out of Cameron Yard yeah you get one up in the air and it, and it fly out but uh, it didn't work out that way but You know, it was it was it was very special. I remember like (laughs) shedding tears, man, in the outfield during uh, the national anthem because I was standing right beside him. You know, it was like, wow, this is crazy. This is uh, something very special.
0: Oh, we got uh, the young Romero makes an appearance about
2: that. I mean, who's this guy? Yeah, I mean, the thing was, I was hoping to just still be in the major leagues when he got there. That was like – I would have took that. But being able to play on the same team, man, that was just – that was something special. Look like, you know, he might have a few more years to get there. I don't know if you can be around long enough. For
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's, uh, that's young Diego Romero. That kid's a monster right there, Tim. the next up, one. What's up,
2: man? What's going next on? One, he look like a baller. He look like a baller. Yeah, I feel and you. Sure. Hey, don't George, be a pitcher, man. Be a position George. player. <laughs> be a position player. Don't be a pitcher.
1: <laughs> hey, Rock. So, so, so post post playing career, I hear that uh, um, when it comes to golfing, you like going to the range and using fungos. Is that true?
0: Not true. Use <laughs> <You the> a fungal? <laughs> yeah. You, in your golf bag, you have fungus. That's what the story goes.
2: Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Now, you're not right, man. You know, <laughs> what happened was. <laughs> what what Is that- had happened was they some guys stole my clubs, <laughs> took all my clubs out of my my golf bag, and put. You, they, they put uh they put um, fungos in my bag here I am I'm getting ready to play around and these guys are messing around with my club and I don't think i ever been i don't think I ever been so pissed off in my life and I, and I let those and I let those guys know it <laughs> too it was funny but it wasn't funny but,
0: so what did you do how did you play? With fungos. Uh,
2: I don't think, I don't even think I played. I think what happened was I used I used the other guy's club. So I was pissed, oh. man, I was so pissed. But I, you know, I, I should have knew it. I should have knew it, messing around with, you know, Billy and those boys, they all always, not, not something was going on, but. Man. Um, I got him back,
1: though. I'm not yeah. going to tell you what I did, but I got him back. <laughs> we're gonna have to check with billy on that one yeah, though. Yeah. we're gonna have to ask him how you got him back because yeah. he was like hey ask him ask him if he likes to golf with fungals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> people man he is not right man you know I mean? <laughs> they got me too and i was i i've never been so pissed in my life <laughs> and and thanks to Billy and Billy and his boys they know how to get it they know how to get out of my skin
0: Uh, here's a question coming in from a a girlfriend we have a lot of fun though Uh, uh, from our good friend Green Eye Bandit do you still keep in contact with Yuppie the Expos had a mascot right that was crazy like what was it did you deal with him at all did you have any run-ins with Yuppie the mascot in Montreal
2: No, we, we, were, we were always friends. As a matter of fact, I, I knew the guy inside the mask. So, I mean, we were good friends and we used to, you know, he would always tell me what was going on, if he was going to mess with me or if we were going to try to have some fun or whatever. But Yuppie. He got kicked out. Up was more popular. He was more popular. on. on uh, doing baseball than me, he was <laughs> me, the most popular player on the team. um You know, Boston and Carl was really popular guy, but the fans loved UB. uh They were going nuts. I mean, Yubi was so. He's still going, in in the, with with the hockey team now.
0: Yup, I mean, they got him their there.
2: mascot now. Yup. So I mean that's how that's how important Yuppie was to uh, the Montreal Expos and their fans. The fans yeah. really love him. They love him in Montreal.
0: Yeah, that's a he was kicked out of a game. That's his uh, history. That Yupi was kicked out. And uh, I'll, m- imagine uh, Tim going down to Mexico, Ricky, and seeing what they have in in Tijuana. The oh Mexi- man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you,
1: you mentioned uh, getting kicked out of a game a mascot getting kicked out of a game I feel like that happens every game in
0: Mexico yeah it, it's it's crazy <laughs> uh, is that uh, right? I didn't you, know that oh <laughs> man
1: Timmy you you ain't never seen anything like that <laughs> I would drop if you saw what these mascots do out there <laughs> really yeah.
2: I knew I knew I knew how I can be in the Dominican Republic now uh, they didn't yeah. really have mascots they had cheerleaders Oh, I mean, I mean, half the time we wouldn't even be looking at the game; we we're looking at the cheerleaders. <laughs> I mean, like,
1: how can you play baseball <laughs> down here? With that going
2: on, man?
1: You have national cheerleaders, dancers, dude. It's, yeah. it's it's a it's a whole like big performance. It's, it's like you said, yeah. It, it, it takes away from what's going on in the game. Everyone's watching these people perform. It's like. You, as a player, you're kind of like your head's on a swivel. You're like, where do I look now? Like, who's dancing now? And (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. Right,
2: right.
0: (laughs) Tim, uh, you also, I don't know if you know this, but you are, you have the distinction of being the last player ever allowed to wear the flapless helmet. Like, you didn't have to have the ear flaps on there. Did you know you were the last player allowed to do that?
2: Yeah. I knew it, but, you know, I had to go through uh, the commissioner's office to 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 be able to do that. Because, um, you know, Pete Rose, back in the day, Pete Rose used to wear the hard hat. You know, he yeah. never had flaps. And he was, so it may yeah. have different uh, helmets. Uh, and I was, that was what I was really trying to get away from, is, is having to carry so many, so much uh, equipment. And uh, I was... I was lucky enough for them, to, like, kind of grandfather me in because I really didn't like to wear that flap. Well, I remember in the minor league you had to wear two flaps, so I was like, it hey, oh. was weird with these two flaps. And then once you got to big league, you get only, you know, you got to wear just one. Uh, but um, it, it made it easier for me, um, you know. And being a switch hitter, I, I think. You don't really need the flap if you a switch hitter. If 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 right hander throwing to a left hander, I would think if a lefty was throwing to a lefty, I probably would have needed it. But it made it a lot easier to maybe get out of the way of a pitch when it's from the opposite opposite side. There
0: you go. We took a couple questions from Twitter. Here's a good one for you, Tim. As a Hall of Famer, <clears throat> I'm gonna get your opinion on this. Um, how, this comes in from Chris Vo- Voicing. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. It says, how should character-type issues impact induction into the Hall of Fame? You know, you have the people wondering about Clemens or, you know, um, Bonds. Like, should the character issues be something that people take in consideration for the Hall of Fame?
2: Oh, I think I think so. I mean, you know, you can't have a murderer that's uh, yeah. a Hall of Fame player and, and, and expect him to get in. Um I, I, I think character means a lot uh, especially when you are talking about Hall of Fame players I mean not that everybody was perfect I think it means a lot uh, for the Hall of Fame and, and the Hall of Fame players in the induction uh, so we'll see I mean I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know who they're talking about and I'm not going to mention any names but um, it's, it's it's been uh, it's been an issue. And uh, we're going to see what's going to happen because, you know, the players don't have, um, you know, the sports writers are the one that's going to determine if a guy is a a Hall of Fame or not. So it's going to come down to, to the writers um, making that decision, even though Hall of Famers, really can't make, uh, doesn't have the choice of, of making it for them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. A good question there from Chris. Now, you became a Hall of Famer in 2017. You were on the ballot in 2008. You didn't, You went from 28% to 86%. When you did go to Cooperstown and you did have your induction ceremony, all those years later, Tim, what was that day like? Not the day you got inducted. The next day. Once everything calmed down, once the party was done, what was it like for you? I swear I
2: was the most calmest i ever been in my life. I mean, it was all over. I think, you know, going through the ceremonies and going through, the, you know, the build-up to it all was so stressful, man. I mean, not only that, you know, being around all these guys, all these guys that are already inducted. I mean, the best players that ever played the game.
0: Yeah,
2: And... Um, Majority of them, you know, I was I was friends of or, or big fans of, and now all of a sudden, you know, Willie Mays came up to me and congratulated me. I mean, I didn't go to him; he came to me, and he's the guy that I idolized, you know, since I was a little little kid that I that I could like even know anything about baseball, and here he was i was a big fan but i didn't really know him personally so for him willie mays come to me and could mean that was like a little kid man i was like a little kid like at a candy store going wow is this really happening and uh, you get chills you get not, chills not only just him not only just him all the other guys you know all yeah. the other guys that are there i was like wow this is unbelievable
1: and now now you get to put hof on that that autograph which is special itself right i mean not i mean you you it like, is like i mean and it costs some money now too know,
2: when you're a kid yeah <laughs> i mean when you're a kid when you're a kid you don't think about that yeah then when you become an old man you start thinking about it you know <laughs> what i mean it, it becomes a little more a little more you start thinking about it a lot more you Yeah, know, because you know when you do something you want to be the best you want to yeah. be the best at what you're doing not that that you are but you want to you want to be as best as you can be and if the best that you can be is the hall of fame you've done your job i mean man. There's nothing,
0: come on. there's nothing more gratifying than that come on let's go like we always wrap it up with what advice would you give to you know your younger self but what you've experienced and you've done tim over your career just in general like are there stuff that you forget there's stuff that you're like wait a minute did i really do that did i really steal 70 bases did i really do this Do you catch yourself at times going damn did that really happen It, it
2: does it happens it really does i mean because you know i wasn't really a stat guy you know i felt like i was a team guy okay so when i felt like it wasn't just you know i think that's the difference between some players you know some players do things to 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 break records I did things to win games. And, mm. and fortunately enough, the things that I did gave me an opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame. But I wasn't really looking to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I was looking to be the best baseball player that I could be. And I never even even thought about it. I never thought about the Hall of Fame. Uh, and each year went, went by, I and mean, I ended up playing 23 years. So... You know, tabulate all that together, it, it gave me an opportunity to be a Hall of Fame player. But uh, I was never one of those guys that, like, you know, it was all about me. It was never it was never about me. It was always about trying to win that world championship and trying to win baseball. Game. Wow. It, it's,
1: funny, it, it's funny you say that, Rock, because I saw a tweet from you not long ago where, where it says you stole, you know, this day in history you stole three bases or something like that, and you guys yeah. ended up losing the game, and your retweet was, Stats don't matter to me when you lose. And you're explaining it perfectly right there where you're saying, like, if I stole, you know, six bases in a game and we still lost, to me, I'd rather win than steal six bases and be known for the six bases if we lose, you know. Like, you don't want to be known for stealing three bases in a loss because, you know, obviously it wasn't enough or whatever it was. You know, I think you held yourself to that kind of standard that you were like, yeah, I want to do good, but I also want to win. It wasn't just about stats.
2: And I think, I think mentally that helped because I think you get to put, put yourself in a lot of weird predicaments when it's all about you because, say, you know, you have a bad week, then you're going to be – you're not going to be a good guy for a whole week and guys not going to like you very much, <laughs> you know, as teammates, you know, because you're not doing anything and you're not you don't care about anybody else but yourself you guy's gonna stop liking you because you know the only time you're gonna be good when 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 you're doing good and I've always felt like you know one player really doesn't win uh, championship you know it takes a full team and without everyone being on the same page uh, it, it's, it's tough to win championships and uh, I've always felt that way. And to this day, I, you know, I try to teach my kids. You know, it's not just about you. You know, sure, you have to do your job, but you have to do everybody else, and hopefully, they can do their job for you, for for the whole team to win, not just you. The whole team wins when when you win.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and you always run into those guys in the club. <laughs> I mean, you in, in my all oh my years. Oh my ago. god. No, <laughs> no
0: there it is that card right there look at that 1981 donruss good fro good uh good wristbands i mean the hat, the hair the, the hat don't fit tim the hat don't fit <laughs> no, the, hat,
2: the hat fits the hair it doesn't fit the head it fits the hair. <laughs>
0: Tim, what That's, would you what would you tell that kid?
2: Tough. I tell you what, we found we found it hard, you know, keeping old hats on because it <laughs> never so. Now,
0: Tim, you see that baseball card, what would you tell that kid right there? Best advice you have for him.
2: Um just just um put your nose to the grind and and, and do you know the best that you can do. Everything isn't going to, you know, be easy. Uh, Take the good with the bad. And, uh, you know, when you make mistakes, learn from them. And, um, you know, always try to think as positive as you can. Because, you know, baseball is a sport where it's hard to get down on yourself. I mean, because there's always the next day. You got. So as soon as you can forget about what happened one day, the best you will be because if you get stuck into two days ago or three days ago, mm. it affects what you do that day. Yeah so it does. I, I, I learned that um you know you try to take you try to take one day at a time, do the best you can. And when that day is over you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, good or bad. That was all I had. Mm. And if mm. you can, can can tell the truth to yourself, you know, a lot of good things can happen.
0: There it is. There it is. Wait, oh, one thing that just came up right now. Were you in camp with Michael Jordan? Yes.
2: What was that like? Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson. I mean, all these guys in Chicago. Uh, you know, Chicago, they start bringing up all kinds of guys. <laughs> but Michael Jordan, um, that was that was fun. It was fun. Um, I didn't think he could do it, but he, he he proved me wrong. He he actually was a decent player. I'm not trying to say he was a major league player, but uh, for a guy that was in his 30s, just starting to play, trying to play major league no not minor league but major league baseball. He did um, uh, not too bad for for a basketball player trying to play baseball. I. I, I um, I had a lot of fun with him and I kinda of enjoyed hanging out with him because I gotta talk a lot of stuff to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
1: That that's crazy. Yeah, I mean MJ, Bo, I mean those are some athletes. You yourself obviously uh that's quite the the, the crew right there for sure.
0: Yeah, well, there it is. Uh all right. Anything else, Rick? I'm cool, man. This is Oh yeah, no, yeah. We gotta let
1: Rock go go work on his golf game. We we make sure you check the bank. Rock, don't 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 get too golf again, man.
2: You know what? You know what? I I haven't seen Billy in a year and a half, so I haven't had to worry about that kind of stuff. So I can go, go to the range. I don't have to worry about my club being anything but my club. So, uh, but I haven't been able to play, so that's the screwed up thing about. <laughs>
1: I play, so. no, well, <laughs> we, really, we really, we really appreciate you coming on, Rock. We we, we really uh, enjoyed you uh, on the show. Uh, again, thank you for your time. Um, obviously, I hope, I hope you, you enjoyed it. I mean, this is what it is. We like to have fun and just kind of go everywhere with it and, and tell stories. So we yeah. really appreciate it.
2: We can do this again, you know. Oh, I for it, sure! But I really did. Uh, it's always it's always fun talking baseball and just talking, you know, old school, new school. You know the way things have changed in baseball.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one for for next time because I remember we were talk- talking to you on the phone. You're like, hey, don't bring up any of that new school shit because it's gonna get. <laughs>
2: All uh, right, Tim, we appreciate I, it. I, but you know what, though, I know it's easy. It's easy to say it, but I know once the, once the, the camera starts rolling, <laughs> it's gonna come up some kind of way. You know
0: what I mean? We, we try not to. We try not to. Hall of Famer, <laughs> World Series champion, awesome guy, Tim Raines. Thanks for coming on, Tim. We appreciate it. Now I gotta go find my Expos jersey for when I was ten years old for next time because I gotta have oh, it somewhere, all man. All right, man. Hey, guys, just,
2: hey, thanks for having me from man, get you guys. Right.
0: we'll talk to you soon Bye. tim let's see here can tim all figure right, out, tim figure out right. how to hang up the phone let's see hang it up tim is he gone there it is all right that was cool rick and i told you i texted you to say uh stay on the phone uh to recap a little bit dude yeah you've told me he, how cool he is and he's just that cool
1: down to earth, yeah. I mean, and I know we had a little bit of problems with the with the audio there, with the Wi-Fi. Yeah. But I hope I hope uh, our listeners out there got a little bit of a taste of, 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 of him and who he is as a yeah. person. That's what you get. you see what you get right right there, the, the guy that you saw is what you get on a on a daily basis and who who uh I had a chance to to interact with when I was with the blue jays. And honestly, like you Dude. you walk in and you see Tim Rain sitting there, you're like, Oh, you freeze a little bit, you're like, Oh. This guy's a legend, you know, a yeah. legend. And then when he's like calling, "Hey, what's up, Rick? Like, what up? Sit on and let, let's talk. You know, what, what do you got for me?" And, and it, it's, it was no secret; those guys knew I was struggling uh, yeah. mentally, and physically, and and man, like the the amount of, advi- of advice these guys would give me was second to none. And and they they, they didn't have to do that. And that's it. Sh- it shows the, the the kind of people that they are. They're they're there when it comes to. Uh, to working with players it's the player first and and you know and they offer their input it's not me 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 hey listen to me i'm a hall of famer hey listen to me this oh hey listen to this i i know what i'm talking about you don't know it was always like listening to the player and getting to know the players you know at the end of the day we're, we're people man we're we're, we're, just, we're just normal people and we do something we we play at a level that not many play at and under more scrutiny when it's when it's at the major league level there's cameras everywhere but you know when you, when you have guys like this that that are able to simplify the game and, and yeah. you're able to talk to them and i mean you know to have them on my phone and be able to text them whenever i want like, stuff like that man it, it's the little stuff that for me and again i wasn't close to being a hall of famer i was you know my, my my tenure in the big leagues was only four four plus years but the amount of uh, friendships i was able to develop was to me second to none and i wouldn't trade for i wouldn't trade that for anything in the
0: world that's awesome like the you heard me acting like a little kid a little fanboy a little bit too and i don't get like that you know um having been a reporter for a lot of years that's why i love doing th- this podcast because we get to actually have this conversation that you're not going to be able to have in a clubhouse for eight minutes with somebody like that look tim mm-hmm. Raines sent down talked to us for an hour and 15 minutes I, I know the connection wasn't the best but i would still let him go because i want to hear the stories and even when i'm trying to get tim to talk about himself and everything that he accomplished he kept coming back to the team, the team, yeah. the team. And at the end of the podcast, how he said, it's, if you just put up the numbers, that's what you, all matters. As long as your team wins. It's like, I wasn't trying to be a hall of famer. He was just trying to play baseball. And you hear that genuine talk about uh, him. And, and he, and he understood his
1: abilities. He understood what he needed to do to win.
0: Uh, and
1: he understood that if he got to first base, he was going to steal it. He was going to steal second base. And he was going to the the way that, you know, and, and it's crazy. I've always said this. The way that these, you know, I've gotten a chance to interact with some Hall of Famers, but their way of thinking is just, you know, you get to the big league level and that's a certain way of thinking. Those Hall of Famers mm-hmm. are just another level of thinking when it comes to the game. And You know, he knew he knew right away, I'm, I'm going to score. He knew no matter how good the, the, the pitcher's move was, I'm going to steal the base. Yeah. I know when, I know when you're pitching out. I know when you're doing this. They're just so ahead of the game that it's it's crazy, and and again for me, I've gotten a chance now. It's crazy because now I'm watching guys get inducted into the Hall of Fame that I played with or against, and and when you see, you know, the conversations that I got to have with like a Doc Halliday, it's like his way of thinking was just on another level, and it's just it's what separates the yeah. the major from the from that what is it half a percent maybe <laughs> of Hall of Famers whatever it is, and. It's special that, that that's why you know i'm I'm glad he came on and 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 hopefully we continue to have uh old school guys like that because it is interesting to 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 listen to uh to guys' uh old school stories like that and 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 how they how they uh used to view how they viewed their game and how they view it now when when they see it on TV
0: uh it says the Hall of fame has three hundred thirty three elected members
1: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not even half a percent of big leaguers do that. Yeah. So it's
0: point one. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, well, Three hundred and
1: thirty-three out of what two uh, thousand? Two, uh, twenty thousand?
0: Almost twenty thousand players? Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Yeah. So
1: do that math right there, and it's just insane, man. And and again, Rock was always first class from the yeah. moment he walked. All those guys that 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 uh, that the Blue Jays brought in when I was younger, you know, the Pat Hankins of the world. Uh, George Bell, Dave Stee, um, all those guys were always so first class and so willing to to teach these the us young kids the game and how to go about it and how to be a pro and um, you know you, you you normally don't get experiences like that and when you're able to have the connections and and the players that the Blue Jays have had in their history it's it's cool when you, when you get to 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 do stuff like
0: that check this out Rick currently seventy two living members. Of the Hall of Fame. Wow, <laughs> crazy! We gotta. That's cool. That crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was cool. Tim was
1: awesome, and, and like, and my goal is to. I want to get uh, the Crime Dog man. It, when you mentioned, let's you meant go. I want. I want to get. I know this is before uh, the pandemic hit. We we were scheduled to get him on, and yeah, I, he was nervous about it. He's like, I don't know what you guys are gonna be talking about, and I was like, I was like, dude, it's it's nothing crazy. He's like, well, let me know. And if I have time, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so, he's, he's got so plenty fun. of time. He's oh got man, he's, of. He, I always, I always, the, 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 all my interactions with him, you, you see the crime, like kind of how you talk about um, uh-huh. Andre Dawson and how he looks intimidating. Fred McGriff, same thing. Every time I saw him on TV, I was like, God, that guy looks mean. Yeah, he just always ready to rip your head off you know and then you talk to him and it's the complete 180 man the complete yeah. one of, of, of what you saw on tv
0: yeah jose segura says awesome show adios pelota john miller and you know what uh jose segura green eye band to make sure you guys rate review and let people know what's going on tag us on everything else marco favela says good job uh, we had rookie Alan Treco and then The Rock after. So like we do it all for you guys. We balance it all. Uh Josh Tolley, we'll be back next week. Tully, we appreciate you. I know you're listening to everybody in upstate New York. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Rick. It was longer than I expected. But damn, yeah. what am I gonna do? Cut off a Hall of Famer? Hell no. Like, let him go. Let him go. I cannot you know what? We we can't do it because people live all over the country. But if we could do this show like in a in a Cool studio where we're having wine or a cocktail or something with these Hall of Famers, man. You know how good? Not not getting drunk, but I'm yeah. just saying, like sitting there with like you know having a cigar or like some whiskey yeah. with these guys and just like real like a nice fancy leather couch. Cal- you know what? I'm gonna talk to my sponsors. We gotta do that. <laughs> no, because because I would be like I like I said, I don't get fanboy, but you have a Hall of Famer there, and I can ask him whatever I want. Shit, come on now. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it, it's it's cool, man. It's It'd cool. cool. It, it,
1: It'd be cool. It's cool to have somebody like that and uh and he won't be the last hopefully
0: oh no and so make sure you guys go back and listen and you're new to the podcast uh we have 50 of them go it started a couple years ago uh we are going to get guests back up and if you go you can hear the evolution of us doing the podcast but we're really hitting our stride right now with the addition of josh toley and doing this and getting different people all over the country so it's a lot of fun uh i was listening to r2c2 the other day with cc sabathia and he's been a guest on ours and you can hear cc opening up more you're opening up more the podcast continues to roll and there's nothing like ours out there i've been listening there's nothing like the let's go ricky roll podcast so for ricky romero the hall of famer dude imagine that signing a ball this is hof like what say something i'll, I'll, I'll get you one next time i see you, you know what you. honestly i have i've told you this i have zero collectibles i'm not into that stuff but if you give me a Tim Raines one, I'll take that. Like that's you one what of those. It would most... be sweet if you can fi- if we can find a baby
1: blue uh, jersey and he can sign one of those. That that would be sick. I'm sure I, they're out there. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. No, no probably,
0: I I, I swear I think my mom still has my jersey from when I was 10 years old. The 1A Expos. I gotta find <laughs> it. I gotta find it. All right, Rick. We'll talk to you soon. Go back and take care <laughs> of those kids. Uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Another edition. Rope. Let's go, Ricky Rowe.